John Fuson is the sheriff of Montgomery County. He chats with Charlie Kuhn and Katie Gamble about what his job looks like day to day and the work the sheriff's office does to keep our kids safe in school. He also talks about recently being elected president of the Tennessee Sheriff's Association. He shares the latest on a new sheriff's training facility that would help deputies train to face the dangers of the modern world. And he also talks about the controversy over the county's decision to not allow Facebook Live during county commission meetings, and if that is a security threat. All on this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Sheriff, thank you for coming to join Charlie and I today. Thank you for having me. I know you've got a busy, busy job, so taking time out of that to come talk to us, we really appreciate it. It's always busy because I'll shoot him a text every now and then, and I'll know how busy he is by the response <laughs> time. Uh, uh, well, it's just Charlie. Always. But I always do get a response <laughs> at some know, point. It's true because I've texted you before too, and sometimes it's quick and sometimes yeah. it's not. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going by what he said. Oh, it's just Charlie because you just did that to me recently. <laughs> no, I say, oh, it's Katie. I better call her back. That's yeah. what. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'll definitely call Katie back true. first. That's not true. So um, we like to kind of start things off fun here and um in honor of charlie's mustache charlie must ask you a question so so you stash away you must ask <laughs> so you carry a gun absolutely what, what caliber gun do you carry it's 40 caliber 40 caliber mm -hmm. if you were a gun what caliber gun would you be and why Oh, gosh. <laughs> it can be for hunting. It doesn't have to be any. Oh, oh, there's so many good ones, you know, and I think people would probably expect you to immediately say, I'll be a 50 cal because that's the most powerful and, and yeah. pungent type round out there. But, you know, you think about, um, you know, what it is that I do, and I think about something uh, of a smaller caliber, caliber, maybe a 380 or something yeah. like that, a 9mm, uh, maybe even a 22, you know, because you have precision. Uh, you know, you, you try to guide yourself through situations and, uh, you know, hit the right um, yep. things that you need to hit. And that kind of, uh, you know, goes back to the way that I, I like to, to live my life. You know, you, you don't want to just punch through uh, with power with everything that you have. You know, you want to uh, go through life and go through things uh, diligently and, you know, hit the right places so you yeah. don't have to go back. I mean, so I would say it would be one of the lower calibers. How about that for an answer? That was a really I good like answer. I like it. Like, did you know the question ahead of time? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But if I, if I did, you know, yeah. it had been the same answer then as it would have right. been sitting and here. I, but well, The truth is we don't let anybody know that question ahead of time. So I knew that. But right. that was a really good answer. But, well, it really makes sense, especially, you know, your job is political. It's, it's political, mostly you know, administrative. You know, we're a big county. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. And, uh, you know, if, if I have to worry myself with making, um, you know, strong decisions immediately, then there's something going on. You know, uh, a lot of those decisions are, are planned out. Uh, but there are emergencies that come up where you have to make quick decisions. And, you know, yeah. you hope that they're the right ones. And uh, that's all you can do. Well, I think you do a great job, not just because you're my friend, but because I, I pay attention and, you know, I know, I know you're always trying to do the right thing. So we right. appreciate yeah, that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, people yeah. always tell me, you know, that uh, this office, you know, I know there's a lot of power that comes in the office and, you know, people always uh, use the, uh, uh, the saying that the sheriff carries a big stick. And I always reply to that, that, uh, you know, I wish that uh, I knew who to ask to find out where this big stick was because I've been looking all over <laughs> yeah. this office because I can't right. find it. Yeah. But anyway, there is a lot of uh, power and a lot of authority uh, that this office mm -hmm. has. And I tell you what, it comes with a lot of respect uh, for me. And I think the public demands that and people that occupy positions like this. So that's just the way I choose to, to do that. That's awesome. 
Well, let's talk just a little bit about the job of sheriff in general, because a lot of people, I think a lot of people really don't even understand what it is that you do all day or that you're actually beholden to the Tennessee, Tennessee state constitution. That's right. Uh, Tennessee state constitution and uh, Tennessee state law. And of course, you know, we've got to uh, uphold uh, folks' constitutional rights nationally. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of things going on that's very dynamic. Uh, you know, from crimes that are occurring to, uh, you know, ID thefts or personal crimes that are new that we're seeing that we have to navigate through. Um, but it is a very, uh, very busy and very uh, detailed job, especially in a community like ours that's growing like it is. Well, now you mentioned something that, to be quite honest, I hadn't really even thought of, like all the internet crimes and stuff. Is that, that's kind of new, right? Or sure. newish? Uh, yeah, well, it's been going on for a while. I think it's got a whole lot more detailed over the years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just actually seen something on the TV the other day. You may have seen that where they, uh, the FBI had busted a ring and uh, several hundred people, uh, you know, were taken into custody. But it takes something like that uh, on a national scale because they could be just about anywhere. Uh, have you had to hire um, people with special training to deal with that kind of stuff? Well, we've got folks uh, that have the ability to, uh, you know, work through some of the ID thefts that may be going on here locally. You know, for instance, mm -hmm. if, uh, if a person had lost a credit card or they opened up an account in somebody else's name, and uh, we have the ability to, to trace those people down uh, that have been using those. Uh, credit cards, for instance, at a business locally. Uh, so, but whenever it gets outside of our jurisdiction, of course, we work with the Federal Trade Commission and, and other jurisdictions to kind of help things that are going on maybe regionally. But most of the time, these things are going on nationally and, and really internationally. Mm-hmm. It's a scary world out there these days. Yeah, it is. The internet and all of the social media and mm -hmm. all those things that uh, people don't realize what information yeah. that they're putting out there that could put them at risk. But uh, that's the, the world we live in today. There, there's a, you talk about social media, and I'm going to shift it just a little bit to school safety and mm -hmm. SROs. But it seemed like it might have been last year sometime and probably this year, too, when sometimes students may post things that that appear to be a threat or something mm -hmm. on social media. Mm -hmm. You have to take every bit of that information as serious as possible. Absolutely. And then go straight and, and I say attack that issue like that day, like immediately. How, how do you handle that when you see something on social media where you think there's a threat at a school? Oh, well, I can tell you what, I know that they keep us busy and, and I don't have the numbers with me of what we had last year, but I know this year's already starting out. We've had a, uh, several threats at some elementary and, and high schools, uh, yeah. primarily from students or, or people. Is it students just being silly and not really realizing that, what they're doing? That's what most of it's coming down yeah. to, you know, and a lot of them don't have the means, but we still have to follow up on that with the parents and, and let them know how serious a, a case this is, you know, yeah. because on the backside of an incident like that that happens, you don't want to uh, have not replied or yeah. responded. Right. to that. So, and I know parents and uh, administrators at the school system appreciate that. Um, and it's just what we have to do. It does take a lot of time to run those down, but we've been very successful in running all of those down and have appropriately charged the ones that needed to be charged. But uh, for the most part, there was mm -hmm. a lot of them that were just running their mouth and they didn't really have the means. They thought it was cool or whatever, but it really creates a lot of uh, un uncomfortableness for the other students and, and uh, parents for sure. You know, if you know something like that's mm -hmm. going on, you can't validate it, but if you were uh, from those uh, communities that had these mass shootings happen, you know, you're not going to take anything for granted. Right. You know, you're not going to kick yourself after the yeah. fact. I'll just keep my kid out of school that week until they find out what's going on. Uh, and, and we do see some of that, you know, where parents do take that step. You can't, uh, take, can't, can't take anything for granted. 
You know, um, I know that each school kind of has a safety plan, and you mm -hmm. really don't want to get into that and let people know what their plan is. Sure. <laughs> but um, do you work with them, each one of them, to kind of come up with their plans? We do, um, you know, and they're required to, uh, you know, sit down and go over those with us uh, frequently. And then and they, they, go they get. With the students, too. <clears throat> well, yeah, well just generally, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we shot a video this past year, you know, talking about school violence and what, what kids could do. And uh, that goes around. And, uh, you know, when people see that, you know, they, mm -hmm. they come up to me and thank me for that but you know it's really what we're doing part of our job to kind of keep them in the know about what to do when something like that happens um, I don't know if you've ever followed it but every time I see an incident happen on uh, you know across the country you see the newsreels you see those interviews with people that were in the middle of that situation and one of the most common things that you hear is that they didn't know what to do mm -hmm. so i think this is what uh, would help uh, help resolve that for people if they find themselves in a situation like that what to do and and not just what to do but what would do what they could do that would benefit the responders you know so when we come in there you know we give them enough information about what they could do to help survive yeah. And then when we get there, we know that they're in a certain area, that they're not going to be in our way whenever we're responding. So it works out really, really good. So now, let's say just randomly, let's say Charlie and I are at somewhere having dinner mm -hmm. and something happens. What would you tell somebody? What would be the first thing in that situation you, your advice to someone? Right. Well, I think the biggest thing, and I know you can get into detail, and, you know, we live in a community here. We have Fort Campbell. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have a lot of folks that have a lot of tactical type training, and they know what they would do. Uh, the best thing to do I is would, to... I'd scream and cry. Well, you got to do whatever you can to, to protect yourself and your family that you're out mm -hmm. there with. But, you know, we don't, want, uh, we don't want you to put yourself in harm's way unnecessarily. So really the best thing to do is to be a good witness. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, you get in that situation, and of course, when when you're faced with that threat directly, you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself. If you if you can get out of the situation, get out of the situation. If you can hunker down underneath the table or in a booth or whatever your uh, situation may be in the restaurant, you know, uh, cops they'll mm -hmm. typically sit in a particular area where they can exit quickly if something happens in that business uh, but mm -hmm. you know most folks when they go out to eat they're just thinking about eating and having a good mm -hmm. time with their family uh, and it's a shame that you have to have that mindset but uh, you know i think more people are having that cop-like mindset whenever they see these instances uh, going on across the country and they'll sit toward the back where they can just cut out through the kitchen and get the heck out of there uh, or they might sit close to the front door uh, for whatever reason so the kitchen yeah, I mean, everything's up. You know, yeah. if there's a side door, a way you can get out, the bathroom, if you can lock the bathroom, crawl up through the tiles and get out, a window you can lift, right. or things like that, uh, you know, are, are good things to keep in your mind. And again, it's a shame you have to think that way, but... It is a shame, but it's real right. reality. I try it. So... Um, hmm. Interesting. Tell us about... Um, You've just been, a, I want to say, elected to a, a statewide position for sheriff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yes. Since since my appointment uh, back in 2012, I've been, you know, heavily involved. I've always been involved with training and, uh, you know, doing, you know, getting better in, in my career and what I do. Uh, and I knew that the Sheriff's Association was uh, developed uh, to help, uh, you know, get sheriffs to where they need to be whenever yeah. it comes to doing their jobs because it's getting more and more tough. So I started going to those meetings immediately after, you know, being appointed. And the networking alone is, is really great, yeah. you know, because yeah. if there's something that I'm encountering, you better believe there's somebody across the state or even our region in other states because we've got relationships with sheriffs there. 
that have faced that same issue that could help you guide through that. Um, but uh, during all that time, you know, I've just became more and more involved in the committees and, and doing things like that and really got to know the sheriffs across the state. Got on the board of directors and for the last three years, I was the uh, District 3 or Division 3, which there's four divisions in this association that kind of break up the state. And that's all of Middle Tennessee from uh, the Kentucky border all the way down mm -hmm. to the southern borders of our state. I was the vice president for three of those years. Uh, and it was something that I always wanted to do to get involved in e even more. Um, so this past year, you know, I'd, I've been talking it up before our family conference. Our family conference is typically in July. And, uh, you know, you just kind of talk to some folks and, and see, yeah. how, you know, how they're feeling. And uh, I just, you know, wanted to step up and do that. And I just got a, a great reception to that and uh, was actually the only one nominated across yep. the state and uh, you know elected unanimously from my peers so that's a really good feeling uh, but it is a big responsibility too you know you're talking about uh, you know being on this the stage uh, not only for the state but nationally you know mm -hmm. whenever uh, a question is asked you know I'm, I'm answering for 95 yep. sheriffs in Tennessee you yep. know it's a very uh, big, big responsibility, responsibility, you know, and I want to make sure that I'm right. And I always, you know, I've been in law enforcement a little over 20 years, but we've got people uh, in the association that's been in law enforcement for 40 and 50 years. Um, so, you mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of makes you, uh, you know, a little nervous. But, you know, you just stick to what you know and, and yeah. answer what's best uh, for the for the group and, you know, hopefully get some good things going and good things happening. I think it shines a great light on our community, too, I think it does. to and have our sheriff be over that organization. Right. And I think that you're very, you, with me, I think you've always been very direct, very knowledgeable, and I think that, and fair, and I think that's a good position to be in under yeah. that, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, something you have to uh, humble yourself into, because mm -hmm. I think people do pick up on those personalities and, and the way people, you know, sometimes like to care of themselves when they get that that uh to that level yeah and uh, you know that's that's just not me it's never been in my dna but uh anyway it is an honor to do that and mm -hmm. uh you know i think it uh, will mean great uh you know it's, i'm still learning yeah, you know we sure. all learn every day Aren't and we all? It just uh yeah huh. just helps you you bring it back to your community it just helps the community too so mm -hmm. i agree mm -hmm. so now you saw a need Mm -hmm. at the sheriff's department for training right so i sure did it's the complex out at dotsonville can we talk a little bit about that we sure like can. where we are and what yeah. the future use and yeah i always like to talk about about training you know and i know that uh, you know my predecessors you know did what they could with the resources they had mm -hmm. to give a give the the staff the training that they needed but you know to me there, there's nothing more important than than training our folks uh for the needs that are going on out in out in our community you know be it uh, the way we respond to crime or the way we respond to citizens in general uh, so we really have to tick it up a notch or two um whenever it comes to safety because of all the violence that's going on across the country and you know we can say that we're in a bubble and i know people have heard that before but you know we have the right ingredients for bad things to happen and we have to be prepared to handle those that's our job that's my statutory and constitutional uh, responsibility for montgomery county so uh, in order to do that of course i can't do it by myself i have to have a staff yeah. so mm -hmm. uh, in order to prepare that staff you know you need to give them that training that uh, you know makes them go wow and uh, that's what i've always focused on doing um, going forward every year something a little better than the next uh, but it also starts with facilities you know, we didn't, uh, we've never had an outdoor range. And I know a lot of folks didn't, 
didn't know that. Um, you know, we had no place to go outside uh, with our dogs. We got a great, uh, robust canine program. We've got search and rescue folks that we work with other counties. It just really did, did never have a place to go to do that. Uh, so that was my primary focus was to find that place to do that. And uh, a couple years back, we found the right property. Uh, it's a pretty good size uh, piece of property. It's 326 acres. Uh, but there's a lot of woods, the topography is varying, which was, is perfect That's for good. the element of training, you know, especially search and rescue, things like that. Uh, but also uh, for uh, some of the pieces that we need in law enforcement, uh, an outdoor firing range, uh, which we do not have, and I mentioned that a while ago. Uh, we have uh, 343 deputies that have a gun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have to train them with that gun. And I don't mean just making sure that they can hit the target. I mean, knowing what they need to do when they pull that gun out and how they need to use it. So the first thing we're going to do is build this range. And I know this, this budget this past year, there was some discussion about that because that was the most expensive capital uh, item on the budget. Uh, it's $5.8 million is what we requested and what we ended up receiving out of that. But I think uh, our conversations with the county commission and, and work with the mayor and, and my discussions with the community about that, them not knowing that we didn't have that capability, yeah. um, you know, is really what pushed that through. Just educating but, them. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's what you have to do, you know. And I was a county commissioner, you know, and, and, and I know that that's what it is. You have to let the public understand and, and know what it is that you're trying to do. And, you know, they have the faith and confidence in you to bring that on. But it's not not just for us. Uh, this property out here be built out for all of public safety in Montgomery County. That's EMS, which they mm -hmm. do have training needs. Uh, that's County Fire. Uh, it is EMA, our emergency management agency. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be able to do uh, a lot of things right there at that site, not just locally, but regionally. You know, when the flag goes up, I always like to say when, when trouble's coming and or trouble's here and we need that help, We'll be able to uh, have trained with our regional partners uh, because that's who's going to come help us. Right. So that would be a great benefit to us. But we needed a place to do that, and that's what this place in Dotsonville is, and the first piece of developing that is our range. And so what's the time frame on that? Well, the range, we just got it passed, and, and actually um, tomorrow, the next day, we have a, uh, a pre-construction meeting with the contractor that, that will be awarded yeah. the bid. That process went out um, in 30, 45 days ago, and uh, you know a contractor was awarded. Uh, so I'm hoping that they can get some some dirt moving this fall. Uh, you know, between now and yeah. when mm -hmm. it gets too cold, because you know the spring, you can yeah. never predict anything. Right. It always kind of holds you back. But you know, I, I'm a pretty optimistic person, so I'm hoping that you know in the fall next year, late fall before winter, we'll be in that uh, that that uh, facility. So keeping my fingers crossed that the weather cooperate. Well, you never know. You okay, never know. this is a random question that I thought of, but in, huh. you might not even know. How many dogs do you have on the force? Well, we've got, a, we've got a volunteer force uh -huh. um, of about five, and actually two of them uh, went across the state uh, uh -huh. this week to help Hamilton County, oh, uh, wow. two of our cadaver dogs. Yeah. That's our volunteer staff. Now, uh, full-time on our patrol staff, we have about five. Um, and uh, so we all like dogs. We do, we do, mm -hmm. and you know we've always been known for the canine asset in this part of the state. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm sure most most of the the listeners to this podcast and you two remember Sergeant Gil Wood. You know he he's been a part of this community for a long time, and he was our canine guy. And he was you know we'd call him the dog whisperer, but uh, people knew him all over the southeastern part of the mm -hmm. country. So uh, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office has always been known to have a good canine program. So. Uh, 
we want to keep that going, and we've got a good group of volunteers and a good group of dedicated paid staff yeah. that, that occupy that. And, and this property out of Dotsonville will also mm -hmm. include a USPCA, a USPCA course for canine. Mm -hmm. That way we can host trainings for those canines here, so it's going to be great. They're so impressive, these dogs. It's, oh, it's just impressive to me that they could learn all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the manhunt back in October, I know everybody remembers that. You know, mm -hmm. we really used a lot of canine assets across our region because our, they do wear out. You know, you mm -hmm. work on them all day. You know, they need to rest. Uh, but we just recently got a bloodhound. I know that you've probably seen that yeah. in that release. Yeah. And uh, Roscoe is his name, and uh, he's still a pup, but we're working with him, and we're really excited to have him in our arsenal of canines. So uh, really proud of that program and proud to see it grow even more. So when they retire, does someone just adopt them? Well, actually, the state law allows us to uh, allow the handler uh, okay. to take that dog over from that point. Of course, the county will take care of the, the veterinary bills from that. That way it's not yeah. a burden on the handler. But, you know, these dogs become family members to these handlers. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're right. not just uh, tools of the trade. You know, they're family members, and they're well taken care of. And those handlers and the handler's families become attached to them. And, you know, what better place to put them? Uh, then with the handler, if the handler yeah. would like to use uh, or to continue mm -hmm. to, to yeah. keep that dog. It's neat that they have a health package right? that the dogs do. Oh, that is yeah. neat. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. My son wants a German Shepherd so bad, and I'm like, that's not just a dog that you just get and love on. It needs attention and training right. and exercise. And, and, and they're play, your yeah. best friend. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're awesome. That's right. And they shed a lot. <laughs> There's that. So we were talking about security, mm -hmm. and, and you talked about you were on the county commission. I know there's been a lot of controversy lately with some commissioners over the, um, the commission voting not to allow Facebook Live, right? That's right. Because it's a security issue. Do you mm -hmm. feel like it's a security issue? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Any advantage, uh, you know, that you could give somebody to do us harm, um, you know, I think is a security issue. and. Uh, I know some folks uh, might have other opinions of that, but as the chief law enforcement officer for the county and the one responsible for the security and well-being of all the people inside of that building, uh, that's about the only thing that I can say. You know, we have security plans in place, and we definitely don't want to compromise anybody's security. Well, I, I remember watching one of the videos of the meetings, and you said, well, I can't can't share the security plan with you because that would be a security that's issue, right. too. That's right. right. That's right. You know, we've got plans, and we don't want to share those plans with people because they can circumvent yep. uh, what we do in our plans. So, you know, and just something as simple as that, you know, people don't realize the intelligence that mm -hmm. uh, that can give, that video can give, you know, and that's still allowed uh, to go on, and we're not restricting people from shooting video in there. Uh, we are going to put them in a designated area where they can shoot a certain angle and we definitely don't want them walking around the building filming mm -hmm. and you know these days you know people see again going back to the violence that's happening across our country you know it's not a matter of uh you know if it happens here it's a matter of when when it's going to happen and on the back side of that if we looked at something as simple as, as a video being taken is what gives somebody an upper hand you know they'll be you know ready to to beat me down for not you know being on top of that or i'll be ready to beat myself down for not being on top of that so and that's about all i can say about it no we're you not going to disclose any security everything. you do it's and, a big and, responsibility. and sometimes you know you got to think like uh, you know the bad guy does and mm -hmm. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for that, and it's a heavy burden to carry. Uh, and if, I think people, if you just put themselves in that perspective, they might understand that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I do, because I've known you for a while, too, mm -hmm. I do believe that 
the public safety is genuinely your most important priority. I think that's something you genuinely care about. That's yeah, that's number one. I mean, I, I don't think you can do anything else. You know, you talk about um, you know activities for families to do in town. Uh, you know, what good would it be to have a water park here or a, a, a big uh, amusement park here if it wasn't safe? Right. Uh, what good would it have to have the perfect road system up here if it wasn't safe? Mm -hmm. uh, so in my opinion, of course, I'm, I'm biased because I am in law enforcement, but I think the public would have to agree uh, that public safety has got to be a top priority. And you've got to do things sometimes that make you uncomfortable. Looking at the airports, you know, all mm -hmm. the things that go on there with the yep. screening process after 9-11. You know, how soon we forget. I know that we've heard that term before. You know, we, we're a uh, repetitive, uh, seems like society. You know, we'll get hit once, we'll get stiff on our security measures and, and harden things up even more, and then we get lax again. Yeah. And then something else comes in and hurts us, and we get uh, uh, back up again. And that's a cycle that I don't like seeing happen. I think you got to uh, look at these things and you got to hit them off right at the front. And you've got that to become your culture of how you uh, keep folks safe in a structure like our, our mm -hmm. county courthouse. Well, and also, there's no telling, really, how many things you've headed off that you don't realize you headed off. There's no way to measure that. Because That's absolutely right. the bad guys right. couldn't do it because of That's the right. security measures you had in place. Yeah, and there's a lot of security-minded folks, and I said that a while ago about, you know, the tactically-minded folks just from Fort Campbell that live in our communities. You know, mm -hmm. they, they see things. Yeah. And I get emails and texts from folks that I know, and even folks I don't know that said, hey, I'm, you know, a retired fifth group guy, and, you know, I just noticed this, and I, and I thought, you know, this might be a vulnerability, and I wanted to yeah. share it with you. And, you know, there's there's things that have come up that, you know what, he's right. So, you yeah, know, we've good. got to be on our toes. And so the public is conscious, at least the folks that, you know, uh, you know, understand mm -hmm. what those vulnerabilities are and what they can do. It's a, it, I mean, it, I don't want to call it a burden, but it, it's a heavy burden it's a you, huge you, responsibility. you carry, uh, right. not just you, but all our first responders and our veterans. They do, I mean, yes. That, yes. When you look around, we, we're blessed in this community to have, to have Fort Campbell. Right. And, you know, some, some of those men and women come and join, join you do. and the city police and EMS and all these. Right. So, so we've, we've kind of got the best of both worlds. We've got, we've. We've got our neighbors protecting us, and trust me, when I call you, I want you to be there. So I'm glad you're training. I'm yeah. glad you're looking. And I agree. Having a having a wife in the school system and mm -hmm. a daughter in the school system, I'm glad y'all are there. So yeah. I'm the same way. My wife's a teacher, and yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I've got uh, one more in school anyway. Yeah, um, but anyway. You. Yeah, you have too. There's a, mm -hmm. We have a vested interest. We do, and 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 I yeah. think that you can't compromise that on the back end. Yeah, uh, you know, just the other day we got a guy walked into the school had a gun on. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I saw that. I'm like, what what are you doing? No idea that it was against the law. Now, you know, there's some uh, differing opinions about what he knew and what he didn't know, but uh, you know, of course, he's charged accordingly. Yeah, uh, but he was caught before. That's right. And but not he, to say that he was going in there to do anything either, right. but, uh, you know, we never know. Uh, so, I mean, we have to stand firm on these laws and set that culture where people yeah. know that, hey, this is not okay. Um, and yeah. then that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're upholding the law, and uh, the purpose of yeah. that is to keep our folks safe. Well, and, you know, it's unfortunate for him that it, you know, kind of made the news. But there might be other people out there that didn't know it was a law, too, but now they do. That's right. And know how serious that we're going to take it. That's you know, right. it can't yeah. be one of those things, oh, I just forgot to leave it in my car. Or I forgot to leave it at home. But you can't have it on school property anyway. Even if I if if I rolled in and had a gun in my truck, 
on a school property is that illegal? well there is a provision for them to leave it in their car there is uh, okay but that is concealed handgun carry permit folks and i would just okay. strongly encourage folks to to understand what that law says now uh, it also says in the law that folks that uh, do not have a permit can carry a gun in their car has to stay in their car of course but when you pull on the school grounds you know that's not going to cover you because you have to be a concealed yep. uh, carry holder to have that on yep. school property in your car so i would strongly encourage folks to not just take what I said verbatim in this podcast, but to go back and study what the law says, because if, if you are found uh, to be violating the law, uh, like this gentleman here is a class E felony, uh, that's serious that's business. And, and we're not yeah. going to take, oh, I forgot or, oh, it was my mistake. Uh, you know, that's something we have to take action on. We yeah. can't uh, pick and choose, you know, what circumstances we're not going to charge you on. So we need to set that culture up where people know not to, not to bring things yeah. like that onto school. Right. So before we close here, you um, we talked about how you saw an issue and then came up with the complex in Dotsonville. Uh -huh. If you're going to look into the future, you know, five, ten years from now, what is an, a need of the Sheriff's Department? What is the next big need for you guys? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, of course, you think about getting out there. Right now, we're, we're downtown. Uh, you know, everybody mm -hmm. comes downtown, uh, you know, thinking about uh, how we're growing and how traffic, you know, of course, everybody knows it's not getting any easier. Right. Uh, but having some satellite campuses maybe out around the county uh, and having our uh, patrol and, and investigator shifts uh, respond or, or work out of those areas, that way they're more direct in the community. I see that as one uh, happening. I also see, you know, making sure strategically that we're staying on top of our employee requests. Uh, I know that we've done uh, three pay studies internally over the last three years, and we actually had CTAS help us out mm -hmm. with one for our jail last year. Uh, and we had a market study on our uh, salary and got that fixed this year, which helps us with recruitment. So really just keeping uh, a good open relationship with the county mayor and the county commission and the citizens, because it yeah. ultimately is what they're going to have to pay for uh, to let them understand that these are things that uh, need to be addressed and stayed on top of. Because year after year, if we don't continue to get the requests that, that we need based on what our staffing uh, needs need to be. Mm -hmm. We're that much further behind as each year goes by and it's hard to catch up. And yeah. I know that over the last seven years, I, I've, I'm still playing catch up, uh, but you know, not to even include the volume uh, of calls that we're doing now, the, the volume of people that uh, we're arresting, the traffic accidents we're having to work, the burglaries, the thefts, the inmates in the jail, mm -hmm. uh, all of that is growing and you have to have the appropriate staff to take care of that. Um, just really staying on top of that and keeping that relationship strong. Well, I'm sure you're going to continue to do a good job with that. So. Well, I appreciate that, and it it it's uh, it takes a lot of good help, and you know we've got a lot of great men and women that work for the sheriff's office, and uh, you know I can't thank them enough because they make me look good. Well, Charlie and I can't thank you and your staff, and frankly all first responders in this community enough because um, we realize that you're putting your life. Mm -hmm. in the line of fire every day to right. protect our families and our kids in schools. And um, that's a big job. So thank you for that. It is. Well, I appreciate that. And I know my staff appreciate that too. And, and folks do stop them and, and tell them that every now yeah. and then. And they, you know, they're, they're not, they're not used to that, but uh, it's good that they, they get to hear that. So, you know, if you happen to see one somewhere, you know, they really do appreciate that. It mm -hmm. does go a long way. So I saw you. one at a gas pump yesterday. I won't mention his name, uh -huh. but he told me to give you a little grief. So oh, give me a little grief. <laughs> well, he, he didn't do too bad. <laughs> So, 
<laughs> oh, Charlie can't give anyone grief. He's too That's friendly. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming joining us today. I really enjoyed thank it. I appreciate the we'll invite. We'll have you back later. You know, something else comes up, let us know. We'd love to talk about it, right? Yeah. Yep. I look forward to that. Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.